Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. There's kids here. You know what Jesus says? Suffer little fellows to come to us, to me. So we're having an impromptu all-in service. And so, moms, if you have an issue of a kid being loud, feel free to go use the lights to cafe. But listen, children, we are glad that Church Triumphant, a third or more of our church is comprised of young people. We wouldn't trade you for anything. We want you here. We love the fact that we have crying babies and clapping kids and loud ones because this is what makes life life. So, Mom, if you're anxious, relax. Dad, if you're anxious, relax. If you're neither a mom or a dad, let me say this to you. Don't be anxious. Relax. I'll put my glasses down so I can see. We're going to go off script again today. So uh, I just encourage you that, you know, I'm just going to read something. I, I, heard a, I heard something this week that reminded me that, you know, most of the New Testament is written from letters. And letters uh, from the apostles to uh, churches all over the place. And often what they would do when they got together for service was they would just read the letters. Wasn't any teaching, wasn't anybody showing you what a great orator they were or how awesome they were. They were just reading a letter sent from a person directly from the heart of God saying this is how much God loves you and here's how you navigate life. That's pretty much how they did it. So I'm going to give you permission today. I'm going to give you permission to be average. In fact, I'm going to give you permission today to be less than average. We just sang songs just a minute ago about the grace of God and how it reaches into everything. And it's okay for us not to be okay. My wife just said that. So I want to read from you why it's okay for that to be that way. Is that okay? And if I cry, just deal with me. I'll be all right. Listen to these words. Psalm 139. If you want to, hey, let's do something fun. You want to do something fun? I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. If you don't have a New Living Translation, just so happens there's a yellow Bible in the pew in front of you that is all New Living Translation. And we can read Psalm 139 together. So you can open up your U version, or if you follow around with some electronic means on an on a iPad or a phone or whatever, make sure you have New Living. And here's what we're going to do, just to make it noisy in here and alleviate some of the r- worry about how we're all going to stand up and we are going to read Psalm 139 together. How's that sound? And it won't be on the screen because we weren't ready for this. Okay. Is that all right with you guys? Huh? We're going we're to go old school, New Testament. We're going to read the Word of God together, loud and strong. And you guys are standing up before me. I like it. All right? So, we're going to read one, Psalm 139. I want you to let this sink in, all right, as we read. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep talking into the mic, so if I get a little bit fast, that's just me. You know it. All right? Listen to these words. One, two, three. O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. 
You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. Listen to these words. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Oh God, if you only would destroy the wicked, get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Amen. Was that good? Sit down. Amen. Clap right there. Let me say this. You know what David's describing here? Every day of your life. The good ones, the bad ones. The average ones, the, un, the, the, the less than average ones. The ones you, you can't wait to run into and the ones you want to avoid with all of your heart. And he, he lets you know something, that God is with you in the midst of whatever's going on. That he's never left you. He's never forsaken you. He will not leave you high and dry. I read last week the, the, from, the, from the Psalms that the scriptures say, even my mother and my father forsake me, my God will not forsake me. Listen, there's, a, there, there's, there's an awesome, powerful lesson here that when you're average, God's okay with you. I had the privilege of watching one of my kids play in a, in a Super Bowl game last night. And the team who opposed them showed up in a limo. I'm still trying to wrap my... One of, one of my kids went, a limo, really? 
Because, you know, we, we, we've ceased the capacity. We live in this celebrity culture with social media and all that kind of crazy stuff. And it's not okay to be average anymore. It's not okay to be human. You've got to one-up the next day and one-up the next service and one-up the next worship time and one-up the next whatever going on. And you've got to have all this stuff and you've got to have your junk together. And it's going to look awesome and it's going to be awesome and it's going to be selfieable, whatever that is. And some days you just don't have it and it's okay. Some days it's, it's all right not to have your A game on and I don't have it today and I feel like I'm really frustrated and really, to be honest, I haven't had it all week. I've been trying to dig out of a hole, but you know what? God's still good, and he knows I was down in that pit. The Bible says he was there with me. He's there with me when things are great. He's there with me when things are awful. He's there with me when I've got, I've got the, I'm doing the best that I can possibly do. My gift set's working for me. Things are going great. And when nothing's working for me and I can't get it right, he is still there. Teenagers, kids, listen to me right now. I'm glad you're in here with us. I want to tell you something. It's okay for you not to be the top of the thing, to wear all the nice clothes, to have all the selfie moments for things to be all right. It's okay. In fact, Jesus would love you just the way you are. Don't get caught up with the next selfie, how it's going to look, and how, everybody's going to, how, many, how many likes you're going to get, and how many people are going to friend you, and how many thumbs up you're going to get, and how awesome it's going to be. Because I'm going to tell you right now, most of that stuff you see on there is fake anyway. Somebody's putting something up there just to be seen and just to be heard. They're not giving you the whole story, not the real story. And if you give in to that, your life is going to be miserable because you can't one up to tomorrow what happened today. When you go through a really rough time, you're going to be like, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't post anything because I can't do that. And then you, sometimes you'll do that just so people won't ask questions. Am I right? It's all right not to be all right. It's okay because God loves average. God loves not okay. How do you know that, Aaron? Because there's one simple piece of scripture that says this. For God so loved the world that he gave. You know what the world is comprised of? A bunch of normal, average, everyday people who are having bad times. So today, I don't know how long this is going to go. I'm, pretty, I'm getting really close to wrapping it up, honestly, I think. Be okay with not being okay. Be okay with a God who is way above and way beyond and way, way, way supersedes normal, but is okay with hanging out with normal. He's way okay with being near average. He's not average. There's nothing about him that's average, but he loves being around people. The scriptures tell us that, that, that he came from heaven to be near his creation. And the reason he came is because his creation was out of sorts. Every piece of it, every, every part of it was out of sorts. Everything about it was messed up. He didn't, he didn't stay, avoid it because it was messed up. He got into it because it was messed up. I saw, not, not, not to, Nancy just read you a piece of scripture, so I don't mean this to, to, to kind of de, de, debate what, what she said, because I think it's absolutely true. But I, I saw a church sign this week that said this. God's probably not visiting your house because you're not visiting his. I got to be really honest, man. That didn't sit well with me. Because the Bible says in John 1.14, he came to make his home among us. We're getting close to Christmas time, so I'm kind of running down that vein real quick, all right? The Bible says he would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. He didn't wait for us to build a place or to come visit him. He came to come to visit us. 
and to make his home among us. And we are messed up and we are torn to shreds and things aren't good and life is ugly sometimes. And guess what? He's still good and he's still God and it, it doesn't matter to him. Sometimes he just shows up your place even when you don't invite him. Am I right? There are some days you show, you're like, I don't, you know, I don't want to think about him. I don't want to do it. And so he just sends that right, he sends that teacher down the hallway. Am I right? At, where, Ashley's not around. She's probably chasing kids. Sends that teacher. Hey, you mind if I hug you? Can I get you a hug today? You wasn't looking for it. Matter of fact, you was trying to avoid it. Am I right? And he just showed up, made his dwelling among you. You wasn't at his house. Huh? I heard a story this week of a guy who's, who's I'll say this, he's back in ministry. He was in ministry. He went out of ministry. He, he, he got back. And he was sitting, you guys, you guys won't believe this. He was sitting in a bar in a, in a dark corner, away from the Lord. Had a drink sitting in front of him and was hoping he'd find a woman in there. And guess who showed up in the bar? Jesus showed up in the bar. Began to deal with him sitting back in the corner. He was back in the dark and God's like, hey dude, are you done running yet? Because I still love you. Are you, are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you still, are you done? Because if you're done, I'm ready to get on with what we started. Is that crazy? I watched him with tears streaming down his face. I don't deserve to be working in ministry anymore. If I told you everything that's going on, everything, and tears are streaming down his face, and God gave him a second chance, found him in a bar. Can I say something to you? I don't care what kind of week you've had. I don't care what kind of going on. I don't care how many dumb, dumb things you've done. That has no way, shape, or form counted you out in the eyes of God. And in fact, he tells us in our weakness, he'll be, show, he'll be made to be known as strong because we're weak. He tells us that he is near. My wife said it a minute ago. He is near to the brokenhearted. And check this out. He is no respecter of persons. He is, he is not worried not one bit about where you come from. He's not worried about what you look like. He is not worried about what your beliefs used to be or what they might still, might, might still be. He's not worried about what, co- what color you are. He's not worried about your ethnicity. He's not worried about any of it. He's not worried about your social economic background. He's not worried about any of that. He's worried about you coming to know him. And he's worried about you being an extension of him and the earth around you. That you wouldn't wait necessarily. Have to, you, that you could be that teacher. Listen. God is among those who are messed up. He is among those who are average. The scriptures call him holy. The word holy means to be other than. Other than what? Other than anything. You, the, to, one place scripture goes, what can I compare, c- compare him to? The answer is nothing. Even in my, 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 my most eloquent and most, most intelligent words I could find to describe him, there's just nothing. He is completely different, and that makes him unique, and that makes him valuable. That's why we we gravitate towards him. But check this out. In his uniqueness, in his valuableness, in his holiness, that's the word, in his holiness, he comes near to those who are average. He comes near to those who are awful. 
He comes near to those who are broken. He comes near to those who are frustrated. He comes near to those. See, I love the way you sang that song this morning. And change, change. Huh? Though my anxiety would say, huh? God will not deliver you. Right? Those of us who are anxious, though, though my addiction might say, God will not deliver you. Though my depression might say, God will not. Though my disease might say, God will not. Though my divorce might say, God, might, God won't deliver you. Though my frustration, though my, though my bank account might say, though whatever, whatever it is. Listen, those are lies. He is the glory and the lifter of our heads. He is the one who would pay a great price just to be near you. Don't you believe for a minute he's going to leave you high and dry? Why would he go to that extent to kill himself for you and then go, yeah, I'm going to leave you hanging? Does that even make any sense to you whatsoever? Huh? Does that mean he's going to give you everything, he, that, everything that, he, that you want? No. Is he going to give you everything that you need? He's going to come through. But he's not going to do that except in a way you're going to get to know him better. I love kids. And i got to be real honest. Huh? That's my, hey, that's my dude Duke, and I love him. He walked up to me in the coffee shop the other day, busted me a, hot, busted me a fist bump. Smiling from ear to ear. The, such as these are the kingdom of God. One day, Duke's life is going to go a little bit crazy. And guess what? Jesus wants him to hear this message even though he can't process it all. Am I right? Sometimes just being near it helps. Huh? Get close to the water, it just kind of gets on you sometimes, right? Huh? And so listen, we're, 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 we're going to figure out where God's going as we walk it out, not because we stand still and wait to see what happens next. Can't get into some like fretful holding pattern and say, well, it's not, God must be, what's going on? I don't know. I can't let you. Hey, listen, God's going to be near you, but he's going to help you keep going too. He's not done. He's not through. All those words in verse 5 just talk about the everydayness of life. He says, I can't, verse says, I, I can't never escape from you, not your spirit. I can't get away from your presence. I could ask the darkness to hide me. But even in darkness, I can't hide from you. To you, the night shines as the brightest day. Hmm. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They can't be numbered. I can't count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake up, you're still with me. Now, some of you may think like that, that the verse 19 through 22 about David having hatred for people and things. You know, I think, I think, I think you have to get, get a grip on he, what he says. He talks about things that hate God. In David's world, he probably couldn't see maybe as clearly as we can. Those enemies, he's not talking about people. He's talking about the things behind the story that make people oppose God. Do you understand that? And he's, he, he said, I hate them with pure hatred. When you go through something, there ought to be something that makes you go, ugh. 
And I have to be really honest, I've had that, ah, this week. And there have been certain thoughts that made me want to go, you know what? This is, this is the curse, man. This is, the, the, this is why we are in a mess that we are in. Because there's things like this that are not like God planned them to be, are not like God intended them to be. And we have to deal with the effects because temptation and sin and cursing are at work. And guess what? It, it may have been meant for me to kind of slow down and back up, but I have to be really honest. I've kind of got this thing in my crawl right now. That these things that have tried to, to harm people around me and have, have just not done nothing but make me a little more resilient, like I am not quitting. I am frustrated. I am not on my A game. I do want to hide a little bit, but guess what? I am not quitting. I am not giving up. I'm not backing off. People need the gospel. The gospel is the one thing that changes all of this and gives people hope. And doggone it, if the curse is going to keep coming, I'm going to keep coming too. I've had a hard time keeping my mind focused. I'll be really be honest about that. Like my emotions have been all kind of all over the place. But I'd be on the inside. My wife will tell you. I told her this. Day, I, asked, I said, I just, I have these questions, and I just, I just want to, how, what, ugh. So today, pay attention to what what the problems are. The problems aren't people. Your problems aren't people. Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, it may be materializing as people around you right now, and you think, man, I could if I could just pinch his face off. Huh? My Cleveland Browns fans know what I'm talking about. Huh? If I, but this, this is not, this is not about him. It's about an enemy who wants to steal, kill, and to destroy. The one who wants to defame the name of Jesus. The one who wants to sidetrack people and break up families and destroy hearts and destroy vision and destroy purpose. That's what it's about. And my heart does burn with hatred about that. Not mad at anybody, not angry with anyone. I'm just going to tell you right now. Sometimes, this is the book of Joseph, right? What would, book? I think you're talking about the book of Job. No, I'm talking about the book of Genesis. There's no book of if you, if you know your theology, the book of Job was written before Genesis, so she could have gotten sidetracked, okay? Job was the earliest known written book of the Bible, and then Moses began to chronicle the history of things and wrote the book of Genesis. But so you're close, right? So jo- Joseph, in the, book of, in, in, in the book of Genesis, Joseph finds himself being betrayed, being, be, being beaten, being put in, a, in, in, in a prison, being a slave, all kinds of crazies at the hands of his own family and people he thought was his friends and, and confidants and all sorts of stuff. The crazy things happen. And all of a sudden, Joseph chooses not to respond like people thought he should. He responds with these ideas I've been talking about the last couple weeks about grace and truth and responds that way and chooses to fight a spiritual battle, not a physical one, and says, listen, what was meant for evil has been turned around for good. What you intended to do to mess me up has only put me in the right place. 
Some of you have to start looking at things like they're not, the things that were meant to mess you up are only the things that give you the platform to be what God gave you, to, God meant for you to be all the time. You gotta stop looking at things like this is the thing that's gonna destroy me, and this is the thing that's gonna make the testimony of Jesus even more prevalent in me and around me and through me. These are not the things that are going, are going to, to kill me. These are the things that are going to rise up the power of God within me. This morning, I just want to assure you of one thing. God loves you where you are. Your circumstances are no, are no equation about his care and his concern for you. They made the note that you are locked in a spiritual battle for somebody who wants to take you out. But they in no way, shape, or form, in any way, mean that God has ditched you. Are you hearing me? The, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. The sun shines on everybody. Certain days people get the sunshine when we don't have it. Does that mean God loves them more? Huh? Sometimes people get like 85 degree temperatures. Well, we're here in Ohio, <laughs> sitting in a football game on Saturday night with a heated coat on and two pairs of socks, two pairs of pants, a hat, gloves. No. <laughs> did not win. Played a great game, but did not win. But that not, does not mean that God has ditched me because it's cold outside, even though I don't like it. That doesn't mean because it's raining when I think it ought to be sunshine that God is done doing what he's planning to do. When, when things don't happen and economically things aren't where I want them to be, that doesn't mean God's quit or he's given up or he's forgotten to be my provider. In fact, probably he's setting a stage right now to make the greatest provision in my life that I don't see coming and show himself to be strong and faithful when things don't look like going to work out. Right? You guys know the story behind the, the, the last song that we sang? The hymn, that, the, the, the worship that you had us do? Great is thy faithfulness. Do you know about that song? I'm going to get the guy's name wrong, but I think his first name was Horatio. I believe. He sent his wife and three daughters across the ocean on an ocean liner while he was wrapping up some business. As they are traveling across the ocean, I think from the United States to England, I think, or it was the other way around, the ship goes down. He is not with them. He pins those words floating over the part of the ocean where his wife and daughters went down with the ship. I'll let that sink in for a minute. He was not writing that song because everything was great. He was writing that song because everything was exactly the opposite. And he was banking on the fact that oh, this was really horrible. This was ugly. God was still faithful. And God was still going to show himself strong on his behalf. And when we sing words like that, those aren't words for the good times. Those are words for the difficult times. Those are words for the ugly times. Are you hearing me? This morning, God will be faithful to you in your average or your below average, in your good time and in your bad time. 
He will show himself to you. My wife talked a minute ago about being authentic. But here's the point. Are you trying to hide like David said he was trying to hide and all of a sudden realized that even in the darkness, it was like sunlight to God? How many of you guys have struggled this week? Let's just be, let's just be authentic, okay? I'm not gonna, hey, everybody, let, let, let's just clear the air. My wife set the stage already. Let's just, I'm not going to tell you to tell all your trash. Not going to happen, okay? But I do want you to acknowledge. How many would say, like, listen, I felt really average this week. I felt less than average this week. I can't keep up with the image I'm supposed to keep up with. I can't keep up with the stuff I'm supposed to keep up with. I don't know how to respond to people. I don't know how to act sometimes. I can't, I don't have it together. I'm, I'm, and I've been messed up more than I've been good. Anybody like that in here? Oh, look at that. Go figure. Now listen, we could have come in here today and just played church. Hey, how you doing? I'm blessed. I'm just so blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. One, one of one of the same brothers that sent me a text last week sent me one this week, told me about how much he hated the idea of fake it till you make it. But we think that's become a principle in the kingdom, right? Like, I just, as long as I keep saying the right thing, it's all going to be good. I don't let anybody in, people who could, who could speak into my life, but where they've been, they never know. They never know how to pray for me, but I'm just supposed to put this smile on. This is Sunday. It feels like Monday. It don't feel like Friday. Don't feel like Friday. Huh? Somebody told me once I could have every day could be a Friday. It don't feel like one. It don't feel like one. I don't know what to do. And I, I must keep saying it until it gets, it's supposed to be Friday. It's supposed to be Friday. I don't know what I'm doing. It's supposed to be Friday. And we, and we keep going through the same motions and never really seeing the grace and the power of God erupt in us as we live every day. Because we're going to put the face on on Sunday. And here's the deal, man. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to wear the face on Sunday. I, and I'm honestly, I'm not going to wear the face probably any day of the week. I'll be conscientious and cautious about who I share certain things with, but I'm just not going to ha- I'm not going to be the guy who's going to, just not. But I think, I think, if we just get real and go, you know what? I need prayer. And we'd accept that hug from that middle school teacher for a minute and 10 seconds, things might be a little bit different. Huh? Might. Stand up with me. I'm wrapping this thing up. We're going. Kids, you've been awesome. I love you. Even. Joby's clapping like, yes, we are great. We are great. You won your Super Bowl too? Hey, he won us. Way to go, dude. Way to go. He played for the Jets, won their Super Bowl yesterday. He wants everybody to know. Huh? I want to give you something to rejoice about real quick. Is that all right? Can I do that? Huh? I want want to introduce you to um, a new sister in the Lord over here. Right here she is. Now, y'all, right, y'all probably can't see her. Her name's Debbie. 
You might recall back in January, February, her son James walked up front and prayed with my mother-in-law. On the Sunday, I talked about how to give a good hug or an appropriate hug. And he hugged my mother-in-law full on. You guys remember that? But that was when he gave his heart to Jesus. Just this morning, during worship, his mama, Debbie, walked up to Greg and Crystal and said, I want what James has. Huh? This is what the kingdom's about. There are people's lives hanging in the balance. And if we just be real people, let Jesus do what he's going to do, certain things can happen that wouldn't normally happen. God's at work. That's what I want you to do. I want you to look at somebody, those of you who raised your hands, and look at them and go, I'm not okay. Huh? I'm not okay. And if you are okay, listen to me, you are okay, you get, you get to be the middle school teacher. I mean it. You get to go, you know what, let, let, my heart, let God's heart speak to your heart. Can we do that right now? Because this is about being the church. It's not about going to church. It's not about having church. It's about being the church. It's not about showing up to a time on a specified schedule and saying that's church. It's about living as the church. So let's do it. Let's, let's pray for one another. Can we do that? Hey, if you said I'm not okay, raise your hand. Like, I've had that week. I'm less than average. Oh, my gosh. Huh? So here's your chance. Here's your chance. I want you to grab a hand of somebody, and I want you to pray for them real quick. Okay? Huh? I want you right now where you are. And I... This is uncomfortable. Well, good. I think Jesus was uncomfortable too, a little bit. Huh? And I, I don't know how to pray, but let me teach you how to pray. Say, Jesus, I don't know what's going on with this person, but you know. You love them. I want you to show up big in their life. You minister whatever's going on with them, and you show yourself strong to be faithful. All right? You guys got this. Go ahead, God. Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant. Another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churcht.org.